Welcome back, Video Game Voter Vanguard. It's your boy, the Video Game Voter. We're here with another episode of Webisode Wednesdays. Webisode Wednesdays, we utilize the online web, add to the collection, games, consoles, merchandise, you name it. So, I've been all on social media the past few days, hyping this episode up because I'm super excited to do it. Um, sometimes I may take a little time to map out my episode and stuff like that, or I got some other content I want to do first, but I decided I wanted to do this like right away because I was super, super happy and excited to do this one. Um, so there's some history behind it. Um, so we're going to get right into it. So um, we'll start beginning. We're on eBay. I'm searching on eBay. Um, and I'm watching an auction for a particular console. I win the, con I win the auction uh, for like 60 something dollars. I win it. It gets delivered. Uh, turns on. Everything powers up. But it's not reading this. So let's get into what I want and when I want it. So right here is the Panasonic Real 3DO, the what they call the interactive, interactive multiplayer. This particular model is the FZ1 model. It's the first model that was introduced uh, worldwide. Um, and this is kind of big and bulky sort of but it was in good condition um so like i said um i won the auction and i get a home power up it wasn't working i was excited to have this because this was something that i never played but i always seen the commercial stuff as a kid but i never got it uh because it was a relatively uh expensive console uh so let's get into some specs on it uh it was not a console manufactured by panasonic but it had um a series of specs originally designed by Dave Needles and R.J. Michael of New Technologies Group that you were they were able to license out to third-party uh, companies. So Panasonic produced the first model in 93, which is the FZ1 model. Um, they had expansion drive here on the back, channel 3 and 4 right next to that. Uh, you had an RF out switch. You had S-Video. You also had the AV cables. Um interesting thing about this console it didn't come with any cords so i was like well it's a rare console i'm gonna have to find the cords but uh as you can see here this one is hardwired um so that can be a good and a bad thing you didn't have to look for it but i'd imagine in time these things breaks if, if you ain't careful in it even if you tie it up and like this it's still pulling down so i didn't think that was safe now a good thing that they did it always thought was a very good idea on their part was the component cables right here on the back or the composite i'm sorry the red white yellow is just a typical composite cable that you can buy on probably at the dollar store now so um that was a good idea for them this is pretty heavy pretty sturdy um so um like i said the specs for the console was actually able to be licensed out by third party so panasonic wasn't the only one to make a 3o strangely enough i don't know why that's really weird but Anyway, uh, 94 Gold Star, the Gold Star version, Gold Star is now LG. They produced the model. Um, I'll put up a picture of that so you guys can actually see that. Um, that was the second model. Um, I don't, I've never seen that one in person. I've only seen pictures. And also in 95, Sanyo produced a model. I also put up a picture of that because I haven't seen that one either. Um, and these. It was originally released in October 4th, 1993 for a price tag of $699. So uh, nine times out of 10, that's the main reason a lot of people didn't have this console. And 
it ended up being uh, the death of them as well because they had this high price tag. They wanted to be a high-end 32-bit console, but the price tag was just simply too high for a lot of people. So, you know, the lifespan only lasted three years from 1993 to 96. Two million uh, copies sold. Uh, again, it's a 32-bit CD-ROM format. This particular model is front-loaded. So it's a tray right there. Open that tray, and that's where you load the game in there. Um, yeah, it's about right over here. So open the tray. Um, it was named Time Magazine's 90 in 1993 product of the year. The best-selling game for this console was Gex with over one million sold. So put this down. Let's get to the exciting part. So um, again, that that particular model was not working. So I found a location, um, Sysquick which is located in Baltimore, Maryland. They do repairs on consoles and stuff like that. So I took it over there um, in hopes that they could repair it. Um, so they hit me up probably about a week or two later. They were unable to repair it. I know he replaced the CD drive and stuff like that, but he said, you know, basically the same thing. He's able to upload it, uh, basically get the game and the console started, but the game just simply wouldn't read. So if you guys have any information on that, particular issue with the Panasonic 3DOs, um, leave it in the comment section. Maybe at some point I can get that one repaired, but as right now, it wasn't working, so I was a little down. Thankfully, the uh, eBay seller gave me my money back, gave me a full refund, so that was cool of them, but basically, I still didn't have a 3DO. Um, and before I forget, let me show y'all the controller. Um, they had different uh, variations of the controller. This is uh, the first variation that came with the FZ1. You can see this was a port. Now, I'm finding that this port was able to extend to other controllers because if you look on the console itself, there's only one controller port. That's the weirdest thing ever, but there's only one controller port. And that uh, pattern follows on the rest of the console models as well. So, yeah, one controller port, and I actually just noticed this after doing my little research, um, that that uh, extension, you plug that, your second controller in there, and then you can extend for other players. Uh, kind of strange, but, I mean, I, I guess it'll work. Uh, I don't know. Also, they had a headphone jack at the bottom, as well as volume control on this side. A little dial for volume control. Uh, you got ABC. Got a stop or the pause button. Um, which is X and P is labeled as. You got the ABCs, very, uh, I guess it's, yeah, L and R, left and right block at the top. So very, feels like a, almost like a, gen, uh, like more like a Super Nintendo controller, but the thickness and width of a Sega Genesis controller. So this being the first model controller that came out. So that was all working and everything, but unfortunately the console wasn't. So let's move forward with the exciting part. So, uh, every now and then I look, I actually thought I would come past a gold star when I was purchasing something else, but I had just got the FC one and it was in route to me. So I was assuming that that was going to work because it was being sold as a working console. So it ended up that it wasn't working. So I turned down the gold star model. I probably should have picked it up anyway, because you're selling it for a decent price, but I didn't. So, you know, here and there I'm looking online for a pretty good deal and i come across this particular auction last week and it was at like twenty dollars and um it had maybe a day or two left on the uh auction 
But unfortunately, one of the listeners said untested. So I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't like to go with untested because what if it doesn't work and I'm out my money. So I just decided I just had a hunch about this one. I was like, well, let me give it a shot, but not spend too much money. So I decided to put a limit on 50. So I watched it. I won the auction, needless to say, $38. And I decided I was going to get a different model outside of the FZ1 because the research I was doing when I had originally bought that was they had issues with their um, their CD laser drive, the optical drive. So I decided to get a different model. So here we go. This is Panasonic Real 3DO Interactive Multiplayer. This is the FZ10 model, like it says on the top. This is the um, more recent um, and actually more cheaper model and it's actually i suppose it's cheaper made um it was selling i think for what did they say two or three hundred dollars or something like that uh this is a more recent model so i decided to go with this one um the, the site part is i want it for 38 dollars so get it let's go through some specs on the console first it's top loaded so instead of it being front loaded it's in there it came with the need for speed which is the original no case but that's in there Got the power reset button right here on the front. It followed up with using, so it didn't come with cables. You use S video out. Uh, you can use your component cables uh, or composite cable. Yeah, component cables. No, I'm saying that right. Composite. It's got RF, um, RF output, channel three and four. You got expansion, and then you got the uh, the typical like PS2 style uh, power supply, and then your power switch is on the side right there. So. I went with this because it was the latest model, and I didn't see a whole lot of issues with this model, so I'll say I'm going to get it. Now, the second part was, it was a high-risk, high-factor, like I said in the title of this episode, because I didn't know whether or not it was going to work. But I had a hunch, so I said, I'm going to try it. I'm not going to spend too much money, and maybe I can kind of finesse my way in to get my money back. So, it comes, I hook everything up, I see a power on, I'm like, all right, cool. And I can hear loading, screen pops up, so it works. That was the best best film i was super excited friday night when i seen it uh i played a little bit of need for speed so 38 dollars. i got a panasonic 3 so that was a very very good deal that's why i was so excited so let's get to some more specs um this particular model was uh released in november 11th 1994 um and then that's when the price dropped to 399 from that expensive tag of 699 can't believe it was selling for 700 dollars uh, again, it was least expensive, it was slimmer, lighter, uh, top loading tray. This one had an internal memory saver, so you were able to access your save, your game save files and stuff like that. On the previous models, you weren't able to do that. Um, you had to use like a CD-ROM or something to manipulate the console to adjust like your save files. Strangely enough, um, this model had a smaller and lighter controller as well, and I think it also eliminated the headphone jack on there. Um, so a couple other different models that came out in Japan only was the N1005. I'll put pictures of that. That actually had a five disc changer. Strangely enough, kind of cool, I guess. Uh, the Sanyo IMP21J Tri that's released in March 95. They had a pickup head on the tray, kind of like a laptop. Um, and there was only medium quantities of that available. The Gold Star GDO, um, the... 101 m 3 uh that was available in foreign markets gold star gdo 101 alive was available in south korea it resembled uh panasonic's uh model the first one 
Um, also, Gold Star GDO 203P 3DO Alive 2. That was also available in South Korea. That resembled like a rounded PlayStation is what it was labeled as. Um, then they had the Creative 3DO Blaster, which is uh, a PC version expansion card with double-speed uh, double CD-ROM and a controller to play on Windows-based PCs. So you were able to use your Windows PC to play uh, interactive 3DO games on the PC, uh, Windows versions of PC. Then they also had a couple arcades out there. A small number was built using the 3DO technology uh, with custom BIOS. Um, then they had plans to make a successor to the 3DO. It's probably not, I mean, I guess they sold some units, sold a couple million, I think, five million units but i don't know it was kind of um a commercial failure in a sense uh the plan was to make a project called what was called the m2 but they uh aborted that project uh this competition at the time was the commodore amiga 1200 the amiga cd32 turbo graphics 16 cd-rom expansion snk neo geo aes and uh neo geo cd the snes the Genesis uh, CDI and the 32X, or uh, Sega CD, I mean. Uh, also, the Atari Jaguar, Sony PlayStation, Sega Saturn, the Apple Pippin, Commodore CD TV, Philips CDI, Pioneer Laser Active, and Tandy Video Information System. Those, there's a lot of competition out there in the market, and the 3DO was just so highly priced that it just simply couldn't compete. So I'm kind of thinking it was just... Um, just wrong timing, and it didn't have a lot of third-party support for the games either. Uh, some decent amount of games uh, available for it. This one, uh, this recent console got came with the Need for Speed, and I also looked at some of the other games. I got I got uh, Samurai Triple Threat. That appears to be like some kind of card game. I don't know. Uh, I also have uh, Samurai Showdown, which I'm excited to play. So you'll see some footage. I'll have some footage of that and capture them so you guys will be able to see that. So needless to say, this was a really, really big episode, and... Sometimes you just got to take a high risk and hope that it pays off. And in this particular uh, sense, it, it definitely did. I got I can't believe I got this console for $38 in working condition with the game. So I was definitely excited about that. So uh, just want to let you guys know, I've changed my uh, online handle on all social media platforms and video game platforms to the video game votary. I want to go by that simpler uh, it's easier to find me, and that way every, all my social media and stuff like that aligns with one another. Also, you get a chance to check out the website, thevideogamevotary.wordpress.com. It's the official website of the Video Game Votary. There you'll find links to each episode. you also find links to the podcast episodes, which is the audio from each episode. Um, if you want to donate to the Video Game Votary, help send me the expos, cons, and stuff like that so I can come back and put these episodes together and get you guys the content first uh www.patreon.com backslash video game votary donate directly to the video game votary and help out with that because we are not able to make anything off of these uh episodes just yet we haven't crossed that threshold we got a long ways to go we gotta get like a thousand subscribers and four thousand uh watch time within a year so keep that in mind also check out the video game votary podcast available on all podcast platforms right now Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. Rate each episode. When you rate the episodes, um, it basically domino effects on the rest of the podcast platforms. Brings us up higher. And eventually, we'd like to get to the front page. More exposure and building the Vanguard. Um, don't forget to like. Hit the subscribe button below if you have it. 
it'll be a subscribe link at the end of the video that you can hit and subscribe to the channel so i appreciate that turn on the notifications as well leave a comment in the comment section do you guys have a panasonic interactive multiplayer uh what do you think about it what are your thoughts on it um is it something you may want to look into getting in the future let me know down in the comment section uh and you know communicate with me let me guys let me know what you guys are thinking um so we're going to end the episode on that note this has been another episode on Webisode Wednesdays, and this is your boy, the Video Game Voter.